Welcome to the RSP Film Room, Mark Schofield, Matt Waldman. It's that time again. We I, I think we probably look forward to this more than we look forward to the podcast, I would I would think. Do you? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I feel like this is also the earliest we've done one. Yeah, it is. I feel like we're getting it rolling early. Yeah, which is kind of nice. So, And we're going to get rolling early with Matt Corral, the old Miss quarterback, um, who's getting... You know, mock draft in the first round in yeah. many cases. You know, Washington, I saw. The commander seemed to have, be a spot for him. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that, you know, many people say has the most traits maybe that you're looking for for a quarterback in a certain way. Um, you know, combination of traits and skills, maybe, he's, maybe he fits that. But is he necessarily a guy who can develop into the type of player that people would expect. Mark, what did you think about Matt Corral throughout his career at Ole Miss and what you've studied of him? I mean, I, he is, I think, emblematic of this entire quarterback class and that there's a, stuff to like about him. There's stuff that I think he's improved upon during his time in Mississippi, but there are some concerns, and I think some legitimate concerns. I think – a main one with him is perhaps one that's going to make his evaluation a little bit tougher. How is he going to evolve from the Lane Kiffin Mississippi offense to what he's going to be asked to do in the National Football League? Because you watch him and it's orbit swing vertical, orbit swing vertical, orbit swing vertical. Like there's a lot of predetermined stuff in there. And so you, you really sort of have to comb through and find like, Okay, this here, this is an example of them doing things like working through reads and timing his eyes to his feet and things like that, that that stuff will work in the NFL. That's what you need to do in the NFL to be successful. And so it's going to be an interesting evaluation. You almost get a Justin Herbert type vibe, not that they're the same player, but in terms of the evaluation, like what Herbert was asked to do at Oregon. I remember when we were doing stuff on Herbert, it's like, what is going to translate to the NFL? And you had to really sort of go needles in a haystack situation to find the stuff that you think could translate. And we ended up finding some of that stuff. And that's why I think you and I kind of liked Herbert. I think something similar could be a play here. Yeah. And you certainly liked him more than most. And I would, I think you deserve credit for that. And we're going to get out our metal detectors on this beach here of the 2022 class. And we're yeah. going to comb for, we're going to comb for some coins here from Matt Corral's game and see what we find. I, I, what's interesting, the, the plays that I put today, I, I've got a couple of plays from his first game in season against Louisville, and then I've got some plays from late against Mississippi State. Um, and you can see almost like development mid through the season from the early stuff to the late stuff, which I think is good to see. Yeah, I, I certainly, we're going to comb through both a set of plays from Mark set of plays that I have we have we'll probably have some overlap if you're new to this film room style of things that we do that's this is kind of like we rewind look through stuff pinpoint things that we like didn't like things that we have questions about um and and sometimes we find overlap and we find that fun because we haven't looked at each other's film until we do this um so it's a you know that's kind of our style of program and we're going to get started here with Mark's and and look through this very first one let's see if i can get that i got our scroll bar all set up
All right. So I would have to imagine here, Mark, that you're one of the things you might like about this is that he's looks like he's reading the field and making an appropriate yeah. check down. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 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 it goes for a minimal gain, but this is the kind of stuff that I think NFL teams are going to want to see, right? Cause you know, you've got the motion, you've got that motion jet guy. He's ended up as the check down. You've got the vertical on the left, the crosser that he's reading in the middle of the field. And you can see why he opens to that vertical on the left. It's basically doubled corner, then passes it to the safety. Does that well, You've got the underneath crosser that you have multiple defenders sort of in that lane. So he gets to his third read. Is it a sexy play? Is it going to be part of his highlight package when the commanders draft him at 11 or whatever? No. But this is the stuff that you need to see him do and do more of if you're going to think, all right, when something isn't schemed for him, when he doesn't have that first read open, can he get to a second or a third read? Yeah. And it's unbelievably important because game management is one of the most important parts of really good quarterback play. We have guys with lots of talent. Yeah, I like his release too, just by the way. I mean, I yeah. just think he has a very quick, compact release. And that one kind of has a little bit of Philip Rivers thing on it. If you yeah, actually look at it. His, his release is weird because it's like almost like a push from the shoulder. Yeah. Like. And I, I saw that you were having a discussion on, on Twitter, I think a couple of days ago, sort of in the mechanical realm. And I was just sort of there lurking. I think it was with um, the Honest NFL account, uh, which I, I believe that guy has ties to the Eagles um, and, and Doug Peterson and all that. Yeah. Um, and I was just sort of lurking and liking all the comments because it was basically along the lines of what we've been saying for years. Mechanics don't matter until they matter. And yeah. You know, if you're putting the football and, and like you said, if it's something that's repeatable without putting stress on the player's arm, which I thought was a great point, then it's fine. And here, like, yeah, it looks like it's a push from the shoulder, but it's a repeatable motion and it's quick and it snaps out and he's usually pretty accurate. So I don't worry about it. Yeah. And I find that he really can get rid of the ball fairly fast in some interesting situations. We're going to take yeah. a look at that too. And I, I've, and that's very important. That was some, another thing that we actually discussed on that that thread. Um, and it looked like he was a former quarterback. You know, it sounds like he too is a former quarterback. Yeah. And you know, and he he showed some humility with that as well. Saying, you know, talking about that if he didn't have the right kind of setup early, you know, he was toast trying to get rid of the ball. But there's another thing about his game. See, I. I'm glad you showed this. I love this play. The manipulation is fantastic. Take it yeah. away, man. I mean, well, he's trying to throw the double move to the right side here. And you're trying to pump and go on the little, like, it's almost like a sluggo where he breaks in and the receiver tries to get vertical. But the corner does a good job colliding with him and taking it away. So he has to reset his feet, and then he makes an anticipation throw backside to a receiver that I don't think was expecting to get the ball. Yeah, Like you see this receiver come off and he's expecting this to go to the double move. So Matt Corral has to create and then the placement on this. And I know sometimes we talk about, oh, he's throwing it to protect his guy. And sometimes it's just, maybe it's just a bad throw. But here I think he's putting this low because that safety is lurking. The corner is outside. The safety is inside. So he puts it low between the two defenders. And so, when this play happened live, I remember thinking, oh, man, that th that's kind of nice because Matt 
Stafford, the reason why Sean McVay traded for him in the past days, you know, since that Super Bowl win, I went back and read that Seth Wickersham piece about how that trade came together. And, you know, when they were in Cabo and McVay took time away from his fiance to like watch Stafford tape, he said, Stafford has the ability to solve problems quickly over the course of a play. Something that Jared Goff never had. Yeah. And I think this is an example of a quarterback solving a problem. Yeah. Like, you get the double move, it's not there. You get this guy just sort of drifted. It's not really a route. He's not expecting the ball. I don't care, man. You're open and you're getting it. And I'm solving this problem. Yeah, and the thing to me that's fantastic about the placement here and the reason why I can't help but totally agree with you that it's good placement rather than a happy accident is yeah. that most of the time from our experience of watching quarterbacks who know the answer to, on the other side of the field that's there – they often make a bad throw because they're not accounting for the coverage that's in the area. They may right. account for one point of the coverage, but they don't account for both factors, you know? And so he, the fact that he's accounting for the safety and the corner with the low and inside throw is a, is really, that has to be planned because most of the time a quarterback, when they're not accounting for that, it's high and away yeah. or leading the guy into the safety here because he's just thinking he's just thinking the pattern as opposed to the coverage that will likely be covering the pattern. Right. And that's where most guys make their mistakes. So yeah, I love this play and I love the pump fakes. His pump fake game is the best in this class without yeah. a doubt. And maybe the best in, in recent classes. Um, he, he can be violent with his pump fakes. He uses it a ton to set up the run and the pass and he can deliver a variety of fakes, whether it's just the quick shoulder fake or the full-fledged, you know, movement. Um, so that's really nice as well. So, all right. So now we get him in against Texas A&M. Oh, this is Mississippi State. Oh, Mississippi State. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Woo. Didn't recognize him for a minute there. I didn't hear the cowbell. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this play. Now, it, it's an incompletion, and maybe the throw is a tiny bit high. But this is a great job of them using that orbit stuff to set up something. It's basically a two-man smash. You've got Jet into orbit in the flat, and he sells this throw to the flat so well. You know, opens the feet, opens the hips, opens the shoulder, and then it's immediate reset to throw the deep out. And it's a tiny bit high, but that should be caught. Yeah, and to give people, the for the layperson, the orbit is when they send a guy in motion – to the opposite flat. You see the Texans used to do it a lot with Kiki QT um, yeah. with Deshaun Watson. Um, and then yeah, the, the chiefs do it too. You'll put Tyreek cause you know, you see 10 emotion, you're going to freak out. You put him into the flat and that's a nice little outlet with what he can do after the catch. Yeah. And you're trying to open up something deeper. So here you've got receiver goes in that orbit motion and sets up in the right flat. And Matt's got to pause right here. If you're that curl flat defender, you're not going to cover that because it's in that no coverage zone. Like yeah. it's less than five yards. But when you see shoulders, feet, hips, eyes, everything pointed to that, you natural reaction kits in. Yeah. And you're going to at least take a step or two down towards that, which then opens up that deeper out route that he's trying to throw over that guy's head. Absolutely. And if you hang on to it long enough to that side and say, for instance, that gets the safety and the – the shallow flat defender, the curl flat defender to stay and hang in that area. You have the open over route to say like a Kelsey or, yeah. to, you know, and, 
even here you've got 81 in the middle of the field. And so, you know, it's a nice design, but Corral doesn't need to get to the, you know, that yeah. over route because he's got the out route, which he hits. Yeah, and hits Sanders very nicely there. Yeah, it's a little high, but then again, looking at Sanders, Sanders does what a lot of guys do on out routes, which is, well, yeah, he's got to do it. There, there's some taller guys I know who will jump for that ball and right. it'll well, hit him. He has in to the go up to get it. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, this is a, a throw that he could probably place better, but I just really love the process, the thinking, and it's the understanding of, you know, manipulating that guy in the curl flat yeah. to get to the out route. One of the things that I really like about him, and I'm so glad you mentioned Justin Herbert at the beginning, is that when I my first game of watching him, I thought he can improve on his confidence with layering throws. But the more I've watched him, the more I've seen him do it, and the better he he's at it than I thought. Like he's he's pretty darn good at layering a throw in certain situations. That we're we're gonna gonna see see. one here. Yeah. Next play. Look at this all flowing together. All right. Look at that. That's sweet too. And again, this is one of those plays with the pocket tight, making that pump, and then being able to reset different arm angle. And And what I love about this, he opens right. You've got Haas with the outside hitch, inside seam. That's cover. Yeah. So he comes back to the little drift concept, which you see – Shanahan, right? The inside guy sort of runs that little option route and you get the little in-cut over it. Not really a deep dig, but it's an in-cut. And so he's got to come off the hoss to the right and come back to this two-man concept with pressure at his face, little pump, because he's got to get that guy out of the throwing lane underneath Yeah, and then flicks this in. Just a nice little play. Yeah, I'm a fan because this is like, this is one of those situations that this is so realistic to the NFL Yep. That you've got to be able to make a throw where you either have to reset instantaneously or you got to be able to throw from an off-platform position. And it's a little bit of both here because his the fact that his feet are so smooth yeah. that he can deliver a pump because – I mean, just watch this one more time. He begins with the pump to the right and his feet are parallel downfield, you know, or basically, you know, in a parallel position to the line. And when he finishes that pump fake, but he does a quick pivot and resets and just flicks that ball, you know, to where it feels off platform, but it really isn't. It's kind of like Pat Mahomes when Pat yeah. Mahomes throws those those quick orbits, you know, yeah. or the or or RPOs, and he gets his feet around very quickly to where they're under him, even if they're not, you know, Tom Brady esque. Right. No, and the end zone angle of this play is fun. Yeah. And you see the pump there to get that guy in the air to throw this around him. Yeah. I mean. And the angle, the angle is just ridiculous. And, you know, we're still looking at, I mean, you know, you might say, well, it's a short pass. Well, okay. So maybe it's, let's see, 5, 10, 15, maybe 17 yards from the release point. Yeah. But it's also in a window <laughs> where basically when those Pro Bowl challenges happen where you got those big billboards floating across the field yep. and they can't seem to hit the hit the dot, you know. He's hitting the dot. He's hitting the dot. And I would yeah. say that 
I would say this billboard is probably about instead of being about five yards by five yards in length in in dimension, this one's about two yards by two yards in dimension. Yeah, and he hits it perfectly. That's yeah, that's nice. All right, so we get a little bit of the Dallas Raiders game showing. Yeah, I know. They, the get, they get that on the big screen. All right, so here's a play where I question the decision-making, all right? Okay. You've got the orbit. You've been setting this up because they show the orbit to the flat, and then you get peel on the outside with the outside receiver running the post. It's slot guys running the wheel route. They're setting up the shot play. And right here, Matt, you've paused it here. you got a post safety in the middle of the field, and you got the corner that's running with that post route. And this curl flat defender here, is he going to carry the wheel or not? And so you're thinking here, you want to get the shot play. Which shot route is he going to throw? And we'll see the decision he makes. He's going deep, baby. And He's going he, deep, but yeah, to the wrong at, guy. Exactly. And it's because he's going to the one trying to go to the post to split the safety. Yeah. And that just ain't happening. Yeah. And I've seen this before. I've seen not this play, but I have another play like this. Yeah, where you're that makes total sense. Is like he can be aggressive, but he doesn't. There are times he doesn't really account for where he should be aggressive. Yeah, and, and he has he has other options that he should read, and it's about reading the leverage of the safety. Right, and if he pumps there, because he's going deep either way, but if he pumps on that orbit and then hits the wheel route. Yeah. I'm running around my office like screaming and yelling and saying, he's guy, he's the guy, he's the guy, he's QB1. Yeah. So I, I get the aggression and I love the aggression. We've talked about it before. You got to be aggressive, but you got to be re- smart with the aggression. And here he misses the opportunity for the wheel. And it's not a situation where, oh, well, the corner, everybody else bails on the post because they see him throw it up there. The wheel was open. Yeah, the wheels. Like that, corner, that corner was taking that post route and that curled the flat defender. He's not carrying it. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it right here. Even if yeah. he does decide to carry it, he's an awful position. If he yeah, works. I mean, it's an, if you're even, you're leaving kind of situation here. That guy is not going to be able to match it. Yeah, the leverage here is perfect to set up that that wheel, and you can see it there. So yeah, that's a that's a great choice by Mark here. You know, looking at that play, and as. And we're going to see a little bit later that there's a similar situation. Okay. Formation into the boundary here. You've got basically an overload look to the left. Double digs. Hits the second in cut into the secondary window. Talk about layered throws, man. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That would be Love it. Love it. And people would be all over Twitter right now talking about how good that is if it were say Minnesota versus Chicago. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Love it. And that's the thing. I mean, you, when you find there's a lot, there's things to find on his tape that you go, yeah. all right, this will translate. He can spin it too. Yeah. And that was sort of the theme. Cause I, I did a, a video using these plays for YouTube. And the theme of it was like stuff that translates like that throw translates to the nfl and it's one of those between the numbers almost between the hash bars kinds of things that again coming back to herbert it's like these were the kinds of things that were the needle in the haystack moments with herbert like could he make throws like this in the middle of the field we didn't see a ton of it 
but I remember he had one against Stanford, and I was like, eh, there's something here with this guy. It's a, it's a similar vibe. Yeah. There's another nice little check down. Yeah. I mean, look, he's he gets to the check down here. You know, he opens to the right. And what I love about it, you'll see it on the end zone angle. Okay. The eyes and the feet. The eyes and the feet are so tied together on this one. Um, you'll see it because he's going to open to the right. You're going to have sort of that orbit, two-man smash kind of concept that we opened with. Doesn't like it. So now he's going to work inside, first dig, second dig, check down. So he's basically getting to his fifth read, if you want to think about it that way, because you got the one-two on the right, the two in cuts in the check down, and you watch the feet as he works through it. It's just all tied together. Yeah, very well aligned. Very well done. All right. I hate ending videos with a mistake. Okay. But that's what happens here. Okay. You get tossers. In cuts from the guys on the right, and you work this concept inside out. That's how most teams coach, and not all. I can't guarantee it, but that's typically what they do. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens here is you work this inside out, inside slant to outside slant. You see that guy come off the line, and he makes a collision with the inside slant, and I think he's assuming that he's going to stay on that. So he tries to throw the outside slant, and you get the corner over that playing off. But that defender doesn't stay with the inside slant. He sits. Yeah. So he ends up throwing it right to him while the inside slant gets open. Yeah, and it seems dangerous, even if you're just going to say, read the leverage. Right here, the fact that the, the linebacker or this slot corner, whoever he is, the flat defender here, has his back to him in the middle of the field. that's just yeah. in the middle of the field that's just a bad position because you know at, at that point he should just go all right well if the receiver i need to be patient because if the receiver gets past him i just target number 11 and i'm yeah. good to go but because the only way and this is one of those things that you have to kind of work out beforehand so that when you see this leverage as a quarterback you have to know what what throws can I make when a defender's back is to me? What throws right. can I not make? So when right. you see back to me, oh, can't hit that guy. Like it's yeah. just automatic math in the same way that you, that you, you know, when you get in a car, um, you lock your door. You know, yeah. it's like, it's got to be that automatic. You know, you don't have to think about where, where's the lever? Where do, do I push it down or do I have one of those automatic things or is this, you know, what, you know, do I got to roll down the window and do something weird? Cause I've got one of those old beaters, things like that. So yeah, totally missed that. Yeah. All right. So good stuff. Let's take a look at what we've got up here. And I have, a. it, it looks like I have a lot of tape here and a lot of it's because I did a film room on them that I was going to just do as a solo thing and then just decided, forget it. So We'll we'll roll through a good bit of some of this stuff and 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 see here and see what we can get. So I think what I'm gonna show what I'm I think I'm gonna show here is with the pressure coming, his ability let's see what it is. This is where we're gonna get a little Yeah, his ability to bait pressure within yeah. a step and then being able to work outside of that 
and just showing that mobility and to be able to throw a little bit off platform. And I like the fact that he's able to wait on pressure in that situation. And then I'm going to show the next one here where it's also going to be a pressure situation where he's going to feel pressure off the left side. And what he does here, I just love because he feels the pressure within a couple of steps, works outside, and then I love his ability to retreat just a step to take away that angle late and reset and fire only where the receiver is going to have a chance to make the play. So yeah. from an improvisational standpoint, while, again, this is another one to Sanders that I don't think is complete, just like you had one, yeah. you know, this is one where I just love from an off-script standpoint that he can he has a good knowledge of angles of pursuit. And as a good runner, which we really haven't talked about yet, you know, right he has a good feel for that in space that he could just make a nice little adjustment. This is kind of Russell Wilson-esque. Wilson, yeah. Russell Wilson would be able to work to his left, go, I know that if I just take one step back, I can kind of, you know, maverick this and and get myself. And I know, you know, Mark likes likes Top Gun. So, you know, and there you go. And it's a place only where where a receiver can catch it. So yeah. I like the, you know, it's not inbounds, it's too high. But again, I see this repeatedly on his tape, which is the ability to put the ball only where the receiver can make the play. Yeah. And to do it in situations where you might not completely, ex you know, expect him to even be accurate. So let's see if we can move on here from some of my uh, my chatter and see what... See I feel like... Is this the play before halftime? This might be. No, 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 it's something different. Okay. Okay. So this is another one where, let's see if I can go back a little bit. Okay. Yeah, this is what it is. Is I think, again, this is one of those choices where he has an even leaving situation with number 13 on the yeah. sale route, but he goes for the post. Just yeah. like that, just like when we showed the concept where they had the wheel in the post and he went for the post. It's just he sees it right here. He sees yeah. the leverage point and he ignores it. He chooses to go towards the post anyway and force that post. And so again, that's another another example of him just you know not making the best call with that scenario. So let's okay, this is another good one coming here. Let's go back ten seconds. And here he is, you know, on a on a play where we're gonna watch him make a throw that's very Herbert esque, I would say. So let's get this one rolling. All right, so we got the the pressure coming up the middle within a step. He does a great job of being able to pull through that defensive tackle and then be able to set up and make this throw downfield. And it's a, a beautiful deep shot. Yeah. I mean, that's as tight of a margin as you can get. And it's almost and it's almost made. And we're going to see it from this angle because this is where I love it because interior pressure, do you freak out from it when it's early? He doesn't. He doesn't. No. You don't see him drop his shoulders, drop his head. He waits till that last second, very confident. And just look at how quick that reset is. And the fact that he goes for it here and puts it at an angle where, I mean, you'll see on this one, the receiver gets his hands on the ball. I think this yeah. is the angle where it's even better 
you'd like to see him lead it a little bit more, but I mean, look at that. I mean, to, to make that throw under two points of pressure, and again, his feet are so quick. Like, to be able to flip his feet, flip his hips in that moment, and get this throw off. Yeah. Like, was it maybe a yard or two away from where it should have been? Sure. But we've all you've always talked about it. I'm a firm believer in it as well. Downfield accuracy, it's just general accuracy. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried if you put it to the right shoulder, the right hip, the right, you know, point of the jersey, whatever. Is it a catchable ball? Yeah. And to make this a catchable ball, given that, it's a, it's a great play. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the type of thing with him that I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of is that the improvisational nature of his game is something that he actually does well. So yeah. here's another one that's, again, an, the placement here on this against number five. We can get yeah. rid of our, our buddy the crow here for a minute here. We'll, sh- we'll see this in a second. Um, but it's just back shoulder yeah. where it needs to be, you know, very decisive. You know, so, you know, placement with him is a, is really not an issue. It's more about is he making the right decision to place yeah. that ball where it needs to go. But here's another one where he has the man on the right and he's looking at that man on the right and he and the safety's back is turned number two at the right hash to that man on the right. And instead of going there, I believe this is the one. No, this isn't it. I think this is actually a little bit different. I think he feels two points of pressure and let's see if he escapes this. Yeah, he escapes this, backs away, and knows that he has that man on the right yeah. on the over route and hits it. So like your play where he goes backside on the Louisville game, yeah. what's nice about this is that with pressure looming and two points of pressure looming, which is difficult for most college quarterbacks, much less pro quarterbacks, he's aware of – that that num that maybe he can't hit the post with number thirteen. He's not going to force that, and he's good at being able to avoid one point of edge pressure, one point of interior pressure in succession, and make a fine throw that's low and in, yep. and away from that ancillary coverage, which is something yep. so many quarterbacks miss. I mean, Carson Strong has some nice aspects to his game, but ancillary coverage is his bugaboo, man. Yep. He he does not he's the guy who knows the right answer but doesn't consider that maybe the defense has made a slight alteration to the answer and and in this case and he climbs well like i think you know that nice little single step yeah and then but still can adjust slide over you know yeah i'm a fan of what we see here off script i i think that this is this is a guy who who handles himself well as long as he doesn't get confused about the defense that he's facing or the leverage or doesn't recognize a leverage. So, all right, moving forward here. Let's see what we got with this particular play. All right, so we've we've got ourselves, all right, two both going deep. Pressure to his back. And let's see, we've got the mesh over in the middle here with this. And, all right, 
let's finish the talk in here and see what we have going on. Let's look at it one more time. All right, so him deciding to run. That's really what and, we're seeing here. And that's a pretty good decision because mesh versus zone tends to be a little bit tough. Now, you've got the sit route over the top of the ball. Post safety's taking that away from him. And yeah. you've got the backside out. Corner's taking that away. There's really nowhere to go. Yeah. And I think with Corral, what you see is he's got an, he's got a little more ability than just moving the chains as yeah. a runner. It's not break he's not necessarily what you would call a breakaway guy but he's kind of got that Alex Smith mobility to him and I may be actually taking a slight jab at Alex Smith to say that because Alex Smith is a little better than that too Alex yeah. Smith might be a breakaway guy who just never chose to be that but right. but uh but Matt Corral's on the verge of that he if the defensive situation is right he is dangerous um, and you do not want to leave him alone. Now, finishing plays, this is the kind of stuff you'd like to see him learn how to slide. He can do it, but he often chooses plays that you're just like, this one's not too dangerous. It turns out not to be. But the fact that he's even in this situation is something he's going to have to fix. Yeah, I mean, it, it's nice to see a quarterback try to run somebody you know, over in the open field. Don't ever do it again. Exactly. All right, so let's see what we have moving forward here. And this is a little bit, this has a little bit of layer to it in the fact yeah. that he's got an underneath defender and he's able to throw this ball and account for the, the yeah. I think he accounts for this defensive back possibly peeling off. I kind of that. think he does too. You know, because if you're, you might see that general switch, right? Where, you know, the, you got that sort of vertical route corner's going to pass that off to the safety and kind of break on something underneath on that sail. So he's going to worry about that. And he protects his guy with a throw. Yeah. The Colts secondary is great at that. They, yeah. they, they are very good at making that, that type of um, switch. And that's, you know, so it's nice to see a quarter, a college quarterback account for that, look into the post or the over route here. And then, being able to put that ball back shoulder a little bit just away from that trailing defender on the on that route over the top. So yeah, that's that's nice work. Let's take a look at this play moving forward. Nice little pump oh, fake. Yeah. 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 And perfect. You know, nothing nothing unbelievable there. It's just he does take what's available. No, but his his pump fake game is very good. Yeah. And he doesn't get out of – I mean, like, it's good because it doesn't take him out of position to throw right. the ball. Like, he can deliver that violent shoulder fake and not have to reset his feet. So that's one of the nice things about that. Let's see what this one is. All right. Sack fumble here on this particular play. Let's see what what it is that we that he missed on this particular look. All right. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got that end cut from the outside number one receiver. Yeah. And he's got an opportunity to hit that, and I'd like to see him do it. You know, there's an opportunity to make that sort of anticipation throw because you've got that statue defender, that guy in the curl flat that's sort of staring at you. 
he's not going to be able to make a play on it if you lead him on this dig, right? You've got that yeah. secondary window to throw it in between the hook and the curl flat. You know, hit it right to the X on the kicking spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, again, he's got backside pressure bearing down on him, so it would have to be a split-second thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's – you know, it's that razor's edge between what could be an elite play and something that happens to quarterbacks three or four times a game, which is you're just a step late, a split second late, or not early enough. That's probably a better way to phrase it, and he ends up taking a sack. He also has this middle receiver as a possibility right here on that kind yeah, of corner sort of post. Like, yeah. And it looks like that's where he was looking, but it's yeah. – it, he didn't anticipate that well either, but I think you're right that the dig was probably the better better yeah. choice. So, all right, let's move forward on this. Let's see what we have here. Yeah, I'm showing all that from before. All right, so let's go back. And I think what's nice is on the very next play that we he see, rips he rips it in. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little bit of it's a different concept, but a similar kind of situation. Yeah. And again, the nice pump fake in a tight pocket, you know, being able to, you know, reading the shallow defenders climbing up here. You know, so off the off the little play fake. You know, he gets everyone moving. And I love the pump fake because what he does is he knows he has that middle defender, number 24, moving. So he manipulates yep. him further with this pump fake to keep him there and open up that lane for himself to hit the play over the top. So he's setting up the position to layer this throw in an optimal way. So now 24's back is turned off of that pump fake and yep. he's driving towards that flat and he throws it behind him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nice job to manipulate him. Yeah. All right, so... Moving forward. All right. Under center. Get a nice little toss fake. Roll out to the right. Can he avoid this guy? I believe he does. Yes, pulls his way through. And this is one of these plays that yeah. I see Matt Corral do a lot in the late part of games where it's like, don't be a hero. Yeah. Don't, you know, this is... They were ahead in this game, I yeah. think, at this point. they He didn't need to force this ball. But after making that effort, he got too invested in the play, Jalen Hurts style. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the type of thing that Hurts would do a lot early in his career, get too invested. And he forced this ball. It gets tipped, and it's picked off. And now it's a ball game. So this is one of those where you just say, look, throw it away, man. Just, just, get, yeah. just throw it away. You are... You manage this. You have this. You don't need to do it. And this is this is the danger with him that I think he'll be able to curve, but it's it's he might have to go through some mistakes in order for it yeah. to happen. Now here's another situation where he layers that ball between two um, linebackers. Does a yep. nice job of being able to put that there. So just repeatedly seeing things that are translatable is the layered throws, the moving of interior defenders. It's not just that he looks off the safety. He can he can do some things with both ball motion and movement and eye discipline yep. to set things up. Now here's that play that 
Nope, this is this is a nice one too. Let's look at let's see if this we showed that as well. Alright, so yeah, this is just another nice there's that. So we're good nope. there. Alright. Moving forward. We've done that. Alright, here's a here's a play I think I want to show. Again, just nice position. Yeah. Get that deep crosser. Yeah. You know, and he probably would love to have hit that sort of double move up there. Yeah. But corner's on it pretty well, so you take the second route. Yeah. I mean, I think this guy's a heady player. Yeah. And 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 I think one of the substan things that you can substantiate that with is that when he entered the SEC and began his career, he seemed to be ahead of his, you know, he seemed to be a little um, kind of like ahead of schedule in a way. And then yeah. you wondered about him for a little bit, but it was like the game wasn't too big for him early in his career. And right. so I think that's a... That's a positive that could bode well for him also in the NFL. Probably early on, if he earns an opportunity to play, he will probably look good. And then teams will adjust, and we'll see whether or not some of those things that they, they find on him he can get better at. This I wanted to show because, again, it's an, you know this is the difference of like, okay, being able to step away from pressure and incrementally find somebody... Now he has this over route. I don't know why he didn't look there and yeah. hit that immediately. But the fact that if he does throw across his body, he threw it to a safe spot. Yeah, he threw a check down. He didn't like throw a dig route across his body late in the down. Yeah. So I mean, this is one of those deals where again, baits the pressure, waits the last minute. The thing that I I gotta point this out. The thing that I cannot stand about Kenny Pickett. Okay, and I like Kenny Pickett, and currently yep. have Kenny Pickett rated just above Matt Corral as my yep. top quarterback. But the thing about Kenny Pickett is that while he can avoid pressure late, if he spots pressure inside the box and it's unblocked, it can be, say, right here, and he sees that and he flips the hell out, like he's immediately abandoned the pocket. He drops his shoulders. He yeah. Garoppolo's it. He's like literally going, trying to avoid it. And he ends up creating more pressure and he loses track of everything here. And if he just can hang in here like a boss and do this, and he's got the athletic ability to do it, he creates so many more opportunities. Matt Corral had two opportunities because he did that. Yeah. Whereas Kenny Pickett ends up like basically running out of breath because he has a drives where he's, you know, running a 40 yards across the field to gain 10 yards, you know? So, yeah. all right. So let's look at this one again and see what we've got here with this deep shot. Yeah. The out and out. yeah. Just kind of overthrows it. Yeah. And it's just the arm strength. I think yeah. I want to highlight that this is a guy who can throw at 50, 60 yards downfield and he puts some air under the ball and he has some issues where in these particular He's he doesn't have the elite arm, but he has right. a good enough arm. 
maybe good enough plus. Yeah. Because I mean, I think this is a sixty-five yard throw, and he yeah, I mean, it lands at like nine receiver. yard line. Yeah. And where did you let it go from? Let's look at it one more time here. We'll see it one more time from the from the broadcast view so that we can we can gauge it in a moment here. From the twenty nine. Yeah. I mean that's a deep ball. Yeah. So we're looking at forty sixty yeah. And he that's that's a sixty one yard throw if it's accurate. He throws it about sixty five, sixty six yards. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's another one where you're just like, dude, what are yeah. you saying here? What are you thinking here, man? Yeah. And it's and again, he has he has the the open corner route or sail route yep. in the middle. He's got both defensive backs playing back. He's got the opposite side safety in a position where he's running towards the post. I mean, this is one where you've got to go danger Will Robinson, you know. Yeah. You you go to the you go to the corner route and and you take that gladly, you know. And with Drummond, you put yeah. that ball in Drummond's hands and he might beat all three defenders downfield with his running yeah. ability. So yeah, that's one that you want to have back. And this is the that's the big risk with him is he's too aggressive downfield and doesn't seem to read the leverage. Yeah, well I mean, enough. I feel like there are moments when he has plays called where he's like, Oh man, this is the post route I love to throw. Yeah. And it's just like I'm throwing it. I yeah. And this looks to be quarter, quarter, half coverage. So that corner is going to stay on the post, which means that safety is going to have to be the one to drive on that out route because you get the sort of post out, you know, and now you've got the out route working against a, an inside leverage safety. You know, that that's dream stuff right there for a QB. Yeah. Like, see, like you throw that, that safety is not making that play right away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I had on Corral and, Listen, I mean, he's not far off from being the number one guy in this class, if you ask me. Like, No, I'm, I don't think he is. I mean, but I, I think the deeper question, though, is Seth Galita the other day tweeted, every QB in this class is QB3. And I, I think that's kind of it, right? Like, yeah. every QB in this class is like, yeah, I mean, he's good, you know? But, like, there there are some hand-ups. Yeah. My- there, there are some issues, like... You know, I, I think Corral is probably a guy that probably goes in the first round. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot to like about his game. It's just some stuff's going to need to be fixed. Like that that downfield aggression, while good, it needs to be more reasonable. I remember when we were talking about Will Greer, and it was like we like the downfield aggression, but you got to be a bit more, you know. Savvy. Savvy about it. That's the perfect word for it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and at times, at times it feels like, you know, you, you run a play in practice, you, you get the look, you're thinking, you're like, oh man, we hit this all the time, so I'm just gonna throw it. You still gotta make sure it's open. And when you've got like the wheel route example I had, that sail route we just end, that post out concept we just ended with, like sometimes the ten yard throw is the bigger, more explosive play if the guy's not covered. Yeah, yeah, and and I think. From a management perspective, 
he's he had those are things that are correctable. The yeah. things that can't be taught or are hard to teach is when to let the ball go, how to switch how to your feet and getting rid of it fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the pressure avoidance. And, and, and I think more philosophically for people like you and me, and, and this was also part of the discussion you were having that I referenced earlier, the focus should be what's really coachable, what's really fixable. And I think the stuff with him, like you just sort of said, that stuff you can coach up. But the stuff that you can't coach up, secondary movement against free rushers, movement against two points of pressure, like being able and athletic enough to flip your feet and adjust and create with arm angles, that stuff you can't really coach. You can improve upon it through like reps and stuff, but it's not really coachable. No one let, Hey, you know, if you've got this coverage, maybe the deep post into the teeth of two safeties, isn't the throw when you've got the out route, that's stuff that's coachable. And I think with Matt Corral, the stuff that needs to be improved upon is stuff that can be coached. Whereas with some of these other guys, maybe the stuff they need to improve upon can't be coached. Yeah. And this drives home an interesting point. Maybe previews our next show. Cause I'd like to do Kenny Pickett next week. Oh yeah. That's it. Definitely. And, and I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Kenny Pickett with Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral likely being my one, two, unless something surprises me with what I'm watching next in my final rounds. Um, they would be quarterbacks, probably four and five on my board from last year. Um, you know, maybe yeah. four and five. Um, so, so, and when I look at, but when I look at this, what's fascinating is when I watch Corral, I think while his film grade might be lower than Pickett, it's close enough that if I, based on an interview or based on workouts or based on conversations. If I, if I were to, if I were to see the things that I think I'm going to see, I would take Corral ahead of Pickett. And, yeah. and the reason being, and we'll, we'll talk about this more is that I, I hate to put it this way, but I, I think that, I think that Matt Corral, while he has hero ball issues, he, I would rather have a guy who rises to the occasion than a guy who I think shirks away from the occasion. And I know that may be in a point that I don't know you if you even agree with that point with Kenny Pickett, but I'm going to show some things with Kenny Pickett that I feel like there may be some questions about whether he can rise to the occasion in those three to five plays or whether he shies away from them. And, yeah. and so I'm, we're going to show the positive and the negative with him with, with those because I think it's, it's still a yet to be determined, but it's enough that I had some questions about it. I've seen a couple, like a few plays with him where one, I go, wow, that like, you've got to take that throw. And he didn't. Yeah. And then, and then I go, oh, well that worked out. And then the next play after that, I go, oh, no, it didn't. And then like him getting saved by his teammates in a way where you're like, you know, there's a there's a sequence that I'll I'll just say this. There's a sequence that I think I saw him against Pittsburgh against um either North Carolina or Virginia. I think it was Virginia against North Carolina maybe, where he had a he had a route on third and five or or second and eleven, I think it was second and eleven, and it was a deep throw. 
And he had to make that throw. Like in the NFL, you've got to make that deep shot. I know it's the end of the game. I know you're driving. You're not in position. But it's like as open as open gets based on what you should anticipate. And he takes the check down. And it's just like, wow. And then yeah. like, and then the next play, it's, he sets up a third and five. And yeah, he hits a, hits a crosser. The guy goes down the field. And they're, now they're in scoring position. You're like, great. Then he throws an interception basically to end the game. And it's yeah. like a throw that you're like, what on earth? Like it was a throw where like he shouldn't have remotely made the decision he made. And then the next game was against, I think, Virginia, where he has a play where is this his time to step up? And he throws the ball and like all game he's hitting the placement, like where it needs yeah. to be. Like accounts for where the trail defender is. Places it high and away, high and away. This throw, he throws, he throws in and low, and the the trail defender literally has his hands on the ball, cut, undercutting it for the game ceiling interception, and the wide receiver steals the ball from his hand, coming yeah. over the top and scores on a walk off play. And you're like, result is Kenny Pickett. You know, won the game for them. Yeah. And then, but the process is wide receiver saved his ass and won the game for Pitt, you know? Yeah. And it's like, there's plays like that on his resume that we're going to take a look at because, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, uh, there, and if the interviews were to check out, if more tape were to check out, there, there's a, enough of a question to say, does Kenny Pickett step up on the level that maybe, that maybe Matt Corral does. And I yeah. think I'd rather have Matt Corral I go, here's where you don't have to be the hero. But when it's time to be the hero, he goes for it. And that's the difference between like laying up and, and going for it type of thing. And I'd rather have the Matt Corral that I can tamper back. Like Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford always was a go-for-it guy at Georgia to his right. detriment. But y- you can see why a team wanted him because he would He'd find solutions. Whereas I see, you know, with Pickett, we'll talk more about him down the line. But yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, I mean, I'm, you know, it's going to be interesting how people stack this class. Um, you know, I, I think you ask 32 different people, you'll get 32 different answers. Um, but I, I do think that the stuff that Corral needs to fix is, is fixable, is coachable. And there are things that he can do that are, almost non-negotiables at the position, you know, these days and how you respond to pressure in the pocket and the way he can use his feet, flip his feet, flip his hips and make quick throws. Like that's critical to play in the position. And he does that very well. And so from that perspective, he's impressive. Now, is there stuff that translates from his game to the NFL? Yeah. Will he need some time to learn an NFL offense coming from Lane Kippen? Like, Yeah. But I, I think we have seen more and more offensive coordinators say, we're going to get in the stuff that you run. We're going to find a way to put you in an offense, in a system, in a game script that you're going to be comfortable with. And so if it were like five years ago, eight years ago, I'd be a bit more worried about that developmental curve and that leap. I'm not as worried about it now because I think any place he ends up absent, you know, the, the most old school of offensive coordinators – they're going to find a way to get him into some stuff he's comfortable running. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, you know, on behalf of Mark Schofield, 
you know, we want to thank you for checking this out. We're going to be doing, obviously, we're going to cover a lot of the quarterbacks in this class, maybe some other players too in future film rooms. Um, and, you know, Matt Corral, fascinating player. Um, you know, if if my plan works out well, future pick of the Cleveland Browns, who will get to sit for a year. Oh, boy, thank you. you and thank you and good night. <laughs>